Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Portsmouth Running Podcast. On this week's show we welcome back Jason Skiro uh, who is here to give us some tips on kit he uses for his summer runs when the weather's really hot. Uh, and then I have an absolutely brilliant and uplifting story from our featured guest who is in our main part of the episode. His name is Kyle Conway. He's a local runner and comes onto the show to tell us about his complete transformation through running. But first, as always, I'm joined by my very creative co-host and multi-talented running legend, David Harvey. Dave, welcome back to the show. Dude. How are you doing? Hello, you're, you're far too kind to me, man. <laughs> it, it doesn't happen very often, so just enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, I'm right. It's re- really raining badly up here, but I understand that just down the road with you, it's blue sunshine, blue, blue skies of sunshine. It is. We're recording here on Saturday afternoon, and this morning was was pretty looking pretty miserable from what the the Met Office were, were forecasting. And I was due to go for an early morning run down here, so I was kind of prepping my, prepping myself for the for, for the weather and kind of bit of wind and rain and stuff. But then it turned out that I couldn't go running this morning, and yeah, went running. Well, I've just literally come back from about twenty miles uh, going around the island and around the marshes, and it's beautiful blue skies. So it was nice to get some some decent weather weather training in here. and i believe you you went for a long run this morning as well was it raining then yeah it was yeah it was it, it wasn't cold though it's just, we okay. really need to rename it Cloudfield up here because it's just cloudy <laughs> all the time it's really depressing big old yeah, bastard I, bungalow with cloud with cloudfield exactly yeah. exactly oh, we did did a few hills and uh had a chat with alex and just generally kind of like went on some trails and didn't have any plan about where we were going to go so it was really lovely actually Nice Saturday morning, twenty about twenty one miles or so, something like that. So, yeah, lovely. brilliant, brilliant. Lovely. It'd, it'd be good. It'd be good one day in the future to to get Alex onto the show, actually, because I always, yeah. I'm, obviously, listeners won't know who we're talking about, but Alex is a friend of ours who, who's funny enough, South African chap as well. So, uh, mm. got something in common there with me. Um, yeah. But yeah, Alex is a he's a super superb runner, isn't he? He's had such bad luck recently training for for his hundred yeah. mile races, but so he's had I think he's had two or three years now where he hasn't actually been able to run the South Downs Way hundred. So fingers crossed it happens for him soon. But yeah, you, you had a real hilly one this one, did you? It was Ultra Trail QECP. Yeah, we didn't actually do that. We we kind of went up Butser Hill and then did a few different routes up Butser Hill, okay. um, and had a little roam around and then went into the country park and did a loop and. Uh, yeah, it was nice. It was nice. It, it was just felt really easy and didn't go too fast, not too slow. Walked cool. in the hills and felt pretty strong. So, yeah, it's good. It's, it bodes well for some uh, Lakeland fells in the next couple of weeks. So. Yeah, I know. I can't believe, you know, it's less, looking now, it's less than, than two weeks. Because obviously you yeah. start Lakeland 100 on Friday evening. Mm. Um, I think Jason and I will already be about 12 hours into the race that day. So, yeah, so less than two weeks to go, really. How are you feeling? Uh, yeah, I feel good. I feel good. Uh, always get that kind of pre-race anxiety about whether I've done enough, but just got to trust it. I think maybe I haven't done enough hills, but we'll see. But yeah, I don't know. What about yourself? Um, do you know, to be honest, like, you know, I, I love to remain positive and stuff, but I've, yeah, I've been, I've hit a real kind of low patch, I think, mm. in the running over the last, last kind of three, three weeks, four weeks or so. Yeah. And I think it was, you know, it just coincidentally just started kind of happening before the, or just as I had the, the second jab. Yeah. Um, didn't feel too good. Say, off. Actually, like, 
is there a possibility that you might have had like a little bit of COVID or something and then and then you're fatigued from that or you know but you know also there's that possibility that you're at the end of a training block and you're a bit knackered and you need to get into taper and do do decent taper really so yeah I think so like no I mean obviously I'm I'm kind of in my early 40s now and I think it's just you know like I'm at that stage now where I've heard a lot of friends who, who are a few years ahead of me saying that that this was around the time where you know normal training patterns that they would have been used to just just suddenly seem to get really really difficult and really hard and and you're right I've been pushing it for like quite some time now and I am at the end of, a, of another block and it has been a succession of blocks over the last kind of five years or so yeah yeah, um, yeah, yeah. you know pretty much with no rest really apart from from forced injuries but exactly. um yeah. yeah I think I'm, I'm just you know I know I've got my coach my coach's plan that I'm working to but I've just kind of like like eased it a little bit just for the last few weeks just to kind of keep the running fresh enough that I actually want to get to the start line and and, and race on the day so yeah um yeah. but yeah I think I'm in need of, of a little bit of a rest and maybe some 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 shorter runs yeah. and just more more enjoyable stuff after the race but no gearing up for it two weeks to go Cool. Um, I'm not sure you... you can hear the backgrounds, can you? Like Heather is in the next room listening to Ramstein at quite loud volume. So apologies if there's any German industrial metal in the background. <laughs> no, it's quite, it'll be quite nice to have some background music with that can kind of like be in the background while we drone on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's nice and relaxing. It's much more relaxing than we are. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> so listen, how was your long run to Worthing? Now, obviously, that, that's a route that, that I've done a, a few times now. I absolutely think it's brilliant because you can make. Mm-hmm. You can arrive at the country park, gear up for you know for your start. You've got all the taps on route, and I think Worthing's about forty miles away. But how, how was it? Because you ran with um, a mutual friend of ours, Jason. Yeah, yeah, it was good actually. I, I quite enjoyed it. It was a proper hot day. We yep. we left kind of early, and Jason, the, the idiot, he decided to just cycle his bike up here and took a <laughs> wrong turn on the way, so ended up doing something like nineteen miles to get here. Um, and consequently that affected him sort of 25 30 miles into the run and his legs stopped working so it was a little bit of a kind of uh, walk down into Worthing to the station but you know it's time on your feet isn't it so it's it's all right but it's it's nice to actually get out to bits of the south downs that you don't normally run on so yeah because it's like yeah that because yeah because that route that you did we obviously do do that quite a few times don't we where you kind of start at Queen Elizabeth Country Park you head out east on the South Downs, but we normally turn around. Yeah. Um, where is it? Kind of. Um, oh, carting down and that kind of area. Yeah. Yeah. So to go to go past it and then, and then get a refresher as to what there is actually around that area is quite nice. Yeah. Because you you forget you forget the paths and stuff, and you forget where yeah, the taps you are. You forget you forget how quickly Washington comes along. Yeah. We had um, to stop at a pub in Amberley because there were no taps. The taps broken down there, isn't it? So. Oh, did, did you find that one broken as well? Yeah, the one in Amberley. And then we, so we took a little bit of a detour to the pub and there's a walkers and riders and, you know, horse riders tap actually on the pub wall. And there's a little oh. sign that says, you know, ramblers welcome and stuff. So we yeah, filled up there and then cracked on. But That's we, really we cool, took actually. a right turn to, to get a little bit of a shortcut back to Worthing because Jason wasn't feeling it. So yeah. we ended up at about 36, 37 miles. Cool. Well, another good uh, another good training run. And uh, I, I guess a lesson to Jason not to not to, not to to do a long ride on the yeah. bike before a long run. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. yeah, well, I, I was um, obviously meant to join you that day with all the, all the plan 
changes and stuff like that. But I ended up doing a run from Winchester to Portsmouth via via Cloudfield. Mm. Yeah, Cloudfield. Quite the clouds. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> do you know, Dave? Honestly, I was um, you know, I was feeling pretty good when I saw you, and and you were so kind, bless you. So so to the listeners out there, Dave had had known I was coming into Cloudfield. So he'd asked me to kind of pop by and he'd, he'd have a couple of supplies ready for me, which was which was really kind of you to offer. But when I got there, David actually set me up a personalized aid station. Um, I can't remember the, what the exact sign said, but it was Daniel Del Piccolo's Ultra Trail Tour um, aid yeah. station at Big Old Bastard Bungalow, which is the name <laughs> of the house. <laughs> and there was a picture of me pulling a thumbs up from a previous run we'd done. It was so funny. It, it was, was really good. good. It really uh, lifted my spirits, mate. Thanks. Had you had you come um, maybe twenty minutes earlier, we had decorated the whole of our porch in salmon stuff. Oh. But, um, the sort of ten pairs of, pairs of salmon shoes that I've got started to stink the place out. So uh, we can't <laughs> do that to him. Took them all out. <laughs> you bastard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Where's the hokers, man? Where's the hokers? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've got a dead pair somewhere, a dead pair of Clifton's, but you can't wear those anymore. So. No, no, definitely they're, they're, not. They're, yeah, they've, they've done too many miles. They need to be retired. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, that I'll tell you what, that run for me, Dave, I was feeling good when I saw you. As soon as I got back onto the road and kind of headed headed west to get back onto the to the road to Portsmouth, I, um, yeah, I really started to kind of hang a little bit. And uh, some of the water I had had in my, in my bottle was really getting to me because I can really taste the plastic from those salmon bottles. Yeah. When yeah, I put yeah. water in, and and funny enough, I've actually I've actually found something recently. Because I was looking online, thinking, if I'm if I'm suffering this badly with the taste of the plastic in those bottles, surely there are other people who are suffering from that taste as well. So I, I did a quick Google around, um, yeah. and eventually found loads of people complaining that 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 taste made them feel makes them feel really sick. And oh, really? Wow. Yeah, it's it's oh, it's just awful. It's like a you know, it's it's like. Do you remember if you'd had a bad alcoholic drink and then you, you try and go back to it and you smell it and you feel sick? Mm. It's it's just that, that same kind of feeling. And oh, um, <laughs> I, I realized that there's a product out there now that um, I think Ultimate Direction have started making, which is um, water bottles, which are very similar. They're obviously 500 ml. They look exactly yeah. the same. They feel the same. But they're made with a plastic material called PVA, which is um, P-E-E-V-A yeah. or PIVA. Um, yeah. And apparently it's absolutely completely taste free. So you can oh, put okay. you, you can put juice in it, water yeah. in it, and you will not taste any of that plastic sense. Yeah, yeah, so I'm going to try and get some. They're about 20 quid each, though, so they're quite expensive. Oh, I mean, <laughs> that's a lot for a bottle. You can just go get a LucasAid bottle done. <laughs> well, you know, it's, the guy who I asked, because I actually approached the shop about it and said, look, do these do these products work? Is, is the taste really gone? And, and they did say yes. They said, yeah. but you'd probably be better off, you know, or it's it's cheaper just to put a couple of plastic bottles in there. But um, yeah. I find the plastic ones, you know, running the distances we do, they, they tend to bruise me on the ribs. Yeah, 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 I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, oh. but anyway, all all good yes. stuff to try in the future. All all good stuff. Um, yeah. But yeah, no. So uh, yeah, I've, we've met with our crew. I guess you don't have any crew on Lakeland. No, you're not allowed anything. It's it's just the aid stations. I think yeah, there's some supporters that are allowed to come and watch, but I wouldn't recommend driving around up there. It's a bit, it takes ages to get anywhere. <laughs> oh, oh man. It's... But, yeah. I'm looking forward no. to seeing you. You must definitely try and take some photos and stuff on route because I'd love to see what the what the actual race looks like and, and the scenery around you. Yeah, I'll give it a go. I'll give it a go. The the best, my, my favourite part is done at night, sadly, and that's when ah. you get like Black Sail Pass, Scarf Gap, and you do a climb up to Boot, and 
it's it's a pretty pretty decent route really but um yeah i'll see what i can do i remember last time i had a complete mental breakdown on fusedale and uh, the amount of false summits that are on that bloody fell were ridiculous <laughs> so was, you know third or fourth fifth or summit you know like <laughs> yeah so it's not good you're expecting it this time that's fine but uh yeah 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 I was I, I messed up with my crew the other night. Um, Jason and I had a, had like a, kind of like a double a double date with our crews, mm. and yeah, I just feel so much better now that, that I'm in good hands. Um, my yeah. crew seem pretty on it. Um, they're yes. going to kind of look after themselves in terms of food, but they're going to bring a few options for me yeah. on top of what I'm going to be giving them to to carry along the route. Um, yeah, it's just it's incredible, isn't it? When you when you find yeah. a crew, it's just it's just amazing, like how kind of kind people are to give up their yeah. time. Yeah. To, uh, and, and are they going to buddy run you as well? Or? Yeah. So um, one of one of the crew, the, the, the driver who's who's coming along is is still an active runner. He runs with um, uh, Winchester Athletics Group, uh, WEDAC, yeah. and he wants to get some runs done. So what he'll do is he'll probably drive to a point. Um, him and Richard will will stop off on the on the route, um, set up their chairs and stuff, and then he'll run back towards me, um, doing a bit of tempo stuff. Uh, yeah and then you'll have a very well what he will find out is a very slow pace back to the back to the car with me yeah yeah but no, so yeah, it's all, cool cool it's all good it's all good cool. exciting times we'll have to see uh uh how we get on in a couple of weeks then it'd be good to I have know. podcasts afterwards but um i'm yeah i'm as confident as i normally am but i've got a little bit you know there's no excuses really are there is there if you uh no, if you no, no finish no. but you know it's been an interesting year, so I'm just going to be thankful for that I'll actually be at the start of the race. So that's, that's it, the main thing. So. That's so important. I'm, I'm going to take that. I'm going to take that sentence that you just said with me to, to the race. It's just, you know, be thankful that you can be there with with good people. Yeah. Enjoy everyone's yeah. company. Enjoy the day out, and just you know, see where it goes. It doesn't matter what happens. It's just running. Yeah, <laughs> it is just running. So I was watching. Um, I was on Facebook earlier actually, and you know, uh, Steve Cousins, the film I run man. Oh yes. He uh, hilariously is doing the UTMB race in Spain called Val Daran. Yes, I saw I saw a couple of photos and, and videos that he had posted. Yes. Yeah. So that that looks quite interesting. And he uh, he said that it's the toughest race that he's done, and he's only he was only 30, 37 kilometers in, which is what twenty three miles. And you know how long it took him? To I, I know what his final miles. Thirteen hours. 13 oh. hours <laughs> how hilly is that <laughs> oh it's nuts that is literally that, that's almost like a like a complete uphill non-stop yeah i, I don't know what, it, what he was doing but i don't know <laughs> maybe he had a sleep halfway do you know what he may have been filming <laughs> yeah he may have been he may have been. he loves it doesn't he so yeah yeah and listen yeah. If, if any listeners are still listening to the show at this point in the in the podcast um on that point, I wasn't going to, but on that point, we've got an exciting announcement to make at some point. So, what's, uh, what's that then? You, is, it, is it not announcement day? It's not announcement day yet, but I'll, no. I'll, I'll, put, I'll put, <laughs> we can put a, we can put a little teaser out there. But, uh, yeah. yeah, we've got Dave and I've got something exciting, um, uh, and a couple of other people who are going to be helping us out, an exciting project on the side, which maybe we can announce on the next show. Hopefully, yeah. fingers crossed. Um, but it's no, it'll be fantastic news for the for the podcast and for the running community in Portsmouth. It'll be something something fun that we're just gonna roll with and see how it goes. But uh, yeah, more mm. to be revealed on the next show. Dun, dun, yeah. dun. 
Amazing. Cool, dude. All right, listen, take, cool. take care. I'll leave you to it um, to have your weekend. Yeah. Uh, please send all my love to Heather. I hope she's getting getting on well with baby uh, in tow. Yeah, she's good. She's good taking it in a stride. Excellent. Excellent. Exciting stuff. And listen, all the best. Have a lovely rest of the weekend and look forward to running with you soon. Yeah, take it easy, man. Welcome to Kit Corner, which is the segment of the show where we discuss items of kit that may be of interest uh, and use to the listeners out there. Uh, and join, joining me to tell us about those items is my magnificent ultra-running sidekick and man of much detail, Jason Skiro. Welcome back to the show, Jason. How's things going? Uh, cheers, Dan. Yeah, all good. Um, yeah, still training hard, which is the main thing. Always, always. You, you're never off the training, <laughs> mate. You're always, you're always working so hard. Obviously, with your with your coaches' plans and stuff, I guess. And it's just two weeks left before you and I head off for our next adventure together. I oh, know. Yeah, it's scary to think, isn't it? This this time, two weeks' time, we'll be uh, running running the uh, Kennet and Avon Canal. Yep, that's it. We'll probably be be screaming at the sunshine to to go down, which it won't be for another for another five hours or so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How are you? How are you feeling about it all? Kind of, uh, you know, before we, we head off into the into the kit chat, are you feeling good? Yeah, still, because we've done the uh, couple of long runs already by the Centurion stuff. I have actually struggled to recover as quickly as I thought, but. Okay. Um, hence why I went and saw the physio today, just on a bit of a sports massage and have a have a go at some of the niggles. But uh, yeah, I mm. think just getting older doesn't help that process. It doesn't know, but I think sometimes, like like we always say, we forget just how long it does take to, you know, to kind of scrape out those those big long efforts out of the body. I mean, it is a it's a huge huge bit of stress you're putting your body under going going through those hundreds, and you've done obviously now a couple in uh, in quite quick uh, succession. So. Yeah, I mean, at least you're you're kind of well prepared and and kind of you know well practiced in those in those later later stages of the race. So fingers crossed, everything goes well. Yes, yeah, and it's a taper time starting next week, so hopefully that'll aid the process as well. Cool, brilliant. Do you know? What? I think I'm actually really looking forward to this taper, Jason. I'm really um you know we've spoken a little bit recently, and um I think training wise, um I'm I'm at, I'm at the red line now. I, I need to I need to have a little bit of a little bit of downtime after this. So looking forward to a, to a small break afterwards, which would be nice. Yeah, because you've had a lot of intensity in your training, haven't you? Yeah, a lot of intensity, which which I've really enjoyed and, and was a whole purpose of, of me getting a coach, really, which I've, I've absolutely loved. I've learned so much. Um, but yeah, kind of feeling it now. And it's, it's great to push your body to that limit. But when you, you kind of know when you've hit it and, and when you need a rest, and I think I'm kind of there now, which is which is fantastic. But no, we're all yeah. we're all set to go. Obviously, we met with our crews and stuff and your crew seem ready to go. My crew is ready to go. And isn't it great that you've, you've kind of got these people out there that are willing to learn um obviously to kind of help aid their their future long runs and stuff like that and also people who are willing to give up like a whole day of their time to come and follow us out on the on the canal like idiots yeah yeah yeah, yeah. much respect to our crews for for sure because you know it's uh, a long time to stay awake and support us but i think uh, a lot of it they're just going to enjoy watching the pain that we're in as well <laughs> yeah i know for sure for sure but no, it's been it's been glorious outside, and 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 on that note, the uh, obviously the weather with the heat wave coming, we've got for the for the race, which is um, predicted to to arrive a few days before, which is not great because we haven't had time to train in it. But on that topic, uh, you're here to kind of tell us about some items of kit that you've used that may be of interest or kind of help other runners with um, training in the summer. So, so what delights have you got for us today, Jace? Well, the first one is actually belts of all things because we're all a lot of us i see up and down the seafront have got our phones with us <coughs> whether we're listening Always. to music or 
or just tracking our runs, etc. Yeah. And I've always um, used uh, belts, but I've actually seen just in the last year or two a real improvement in them because usually they used to be like a strap with then um, a center piece that would put your phone in. Okay. But as phones have got bigger and uh, heavier, they've actually they do bounce about a bit now. Whereas mm. now they've brought out these um, belts that are actually like one piece of material that you step into and you pull it up. And it's actually the width of a phone, but it's the width of a phone all the way around. So it's just got loads of sneaky little pockets to put loads of stuff in. Okay. And it doesn't bounce about at all. Ah, interesting. So so kind of almost sticking a little bit kind of tighter to your to your waist rather than having space like almost like a, a cross between a traditional what you'd call a bum bag and uh, and a belt. Yeah, yeah. And they're just very lightweight and yeah, they've got a lot of compression to them so they don't bounce about, but they're just just great for putting your phone in, you can put your keys in it. Um, you can put coats in them, soft flasks as well. I was so going to ask about really, the flasks. Really yeah. uh, okay, interesting. So you can actually you can fill up a soft flask with with liquid and actually just kind of have it in there as well. Yeah, yeah, because oh, I okay. yeah because I use the Solomon one, uh, the Pulse belt, which is just perfect for everything I need because you can put a few sort of snacks in it, your phone, even stash your coat in it as well because it's got some really handy. Um, sort of coat loops on it as well yeah but then you can go bigger to like the compressed sporty one where you can actually it's got proper attachments for poles more um storage to carry more soft flasks etc so yeah they're just really good if you don't want to sort of go out and use a proper race vest mm. these things are ideal for stashing a little bit of everything yeah, it's it's great to have seen like the improvement in those kind of products where, you know, traditionally not too much thought would have gone into the design of those things. And you end up wearing something that does the job that kind of bashes you around a little bit. And I know how bruised, I don't know how if you find how bruised you can get with something kind of jumping up and down for 10 hours on your on your waist. So it's it's really great that a lot, lot more thought and is going into the design of these products. Yeah, yeah. And also just actual access as well because a lot of the old belts used to have clunky old zips on they weren't breathable and you see people with like um that strap their phones to their arms etc there's all sort of different types but the belts are breathable lightweight they haven't got zips they've just got sort of very um well-engineered access points to be able to put your phone etc in yeah it's really good excellent no i think it's a great kind of place an area of the body to kind of keep that that kind of like little bit of extra weight as well on the on the hips you don't tend to kind of feel it as much it's not it's not tied to your arms or your legs more where you know you know you, you know what it's like over time if you've got an extra weight on your arm i mean it can really make a massive difference to how you how you feel during during your recovery so um so no no really really good tips and obviously as well you're not kind of wearing and or having to take out a big race pack all the time and kind of overheat yourself just having to carry your phone around which is fantastic yeah no brilliant yeah, great uh that's really good, Jace. Excellent stuff. Good, good tip there. Anything else? Yes, the other one, especially because it's actually quite warm today. I'm sure it won't last because summer's not exactly great this year. But <laughs> is handhelds? It's. Uh-huh. Um, I know, like you're, you're very much one that you're quite happy run with a bottle of water in your hand normally or your phone, etc. But actually, I've got really used to running with um, different soft flask in a handheld format. Okay. Um, Because basically, 
yeah, you can take like half a litre. They're really easy to fill up. They're quick. They actually strap to your hand, which is really good. So especially if you're out for um, on a hot afternoon and you're just out and you just want some water or um, other uh, drink of choice just to re- keep hydrated. Yep. They're just really handy for anywhere sort of one, two, even three hours just to go out with um, the handheld. And if you get yeah. the ones with the soft flasks, you can reuse, because they all come out, you can take the soft flask out and reuse it, put it in your belt or your race vest. I've just got really used to just putting my belt on, getting my handheld and just heading out. And it just, it feels a lot lighter than having to wear like um, a race pack. Yeah, like like we said earlier, that can kind of you know not help with the with the overheating situation. So so that's good. Yeah. Which um which handheld in in particular have you found? Because obviously there's you mentioned about the soft ones, but there are also you see these kind of hard plastic bottles that kind of fit your hand in between. Have you found any anyone in particular works works better than the others? Yeah. Well, I actually did my first one. I bought was a hard bottle, but the yeah. trouble is they just slosh around as soon as you start taking liquid out. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whereas the soft flask ones just reduce as you take the fluid. And I've the one I prefer is I've got a, an ultimate direction one. I think it's called the clutch, actually. Um, and you can put your keys in it. It's got enough to be able to put like a couple of gels or a snack in it. And it just packs down really well as you drink it. So that obviously it's, it's getting lighter and less uh, to carry as you're going along. Mm. But you can get the really minimal ones from uh, Solomon as well, which are just... No, no places to stash any um, gels, etc. But they just strap to your hand and off you go. So, yeah. But I think Osprey do them, Solomon. But yeah, my ultimate direction one, I just absolutely love. Brilliant. That's that's really good. I've got a. Um, in fact, I think it was yourself that, that bought it for me a couple of years ago. My own kind of Salomon handheld one that that, as you've described, straps around your hand with with a couple of Velcro straps. Um, one negative thing I was going to ask you about, which I don't know whether you've had with all of the, the pouches, is I find it really tricky to fill up a soft flask and then squeeze it and get it into that actual the, the sack around it that kind of you know that holds onto your hand. Have you have you ever had that experience as well? Yeah, that's why I I don't use the Solomon one anymore. I've used it before, but yeah, as you say, if you're trying to refill on the go, mm. it can be a bit tricky. Um, that's why I like the Ultimate Direction one because. It's actually got a really big access area to put the sort of liquid in. Okay. But you can actually uh, take the flask out really quickly. But the Solomon one's probably better engineered from how it sits in your hand and sort of not noticing it. Yeah, very. I, I found um, them very comfortable once they're on. But yeah, getting getting that bottle on um, always produced a few foul words from our mouth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's what you, when you choose one, it's like right, you're just going to fill it up once. Um, and that'll be used and the Solomon one's good for that but yeah as you say Dan if you're continuing to refill it on a race etc yeah you need to consider uh, how easy that's going to be and that's where like the ultimate direction ones come in pretty well yeah and I think Osprey do good ones as well I've got a really nice small Osprey one just for a sort of hot summer run where you just want half a pint or something just to take the edge off uh, the heat okay excellent cool Brilliant stuff. Well, yeah, two two really good bits of kit there. I think they'll kind of kind of help with uh, with the hot runs for sure, which we're hoping may come in use soon when when summer arrives, Jason. So <laughs> yeah, fingers, yeah. fingers crossed that happens soon. But listen, thanks again as always. It's great to have you on, and uh, I know you, you love your detail, you love your kit. So um, I look forward to kind of having you on the show 
again soon in the future on a future one so uh where can people find you on social media or, or strava just in case um they have any questions yeah just um jason skiro on uh, strava and i'm on facebook and instagram as well i'm not not as prolific as you dan it must be said but <laughs> i have quite a few updates on strava so that's probably the best way but yeah always happy to help and advise and that's the that's the beauty of this sport isn't it that absolutely we're all different levels of competitiveness and distance and speed but we all give back to the sport as a whole so it's always good to uh help other people uh get what they can out of their running absolutely well well said i couldn't have said that better myself so on that note we shall uh call it here and uh, wish you all the best with your training over the weekend and chat to you soon mate take care yeah and enjoy your taper dan well deserved dude thank you <laughs> take care man all the best bye cheers thanks everyone cheers Welcome to our featured guest segment of the Portsmouth Running Podcast. And this week, I have a guest on the show who, who wrote in to me um, as he wanted to share what I'm describing as an absolute incredible story of transformation from, from kind of non-runner to runner. Um, this is a remarkable tale of a person working hard to come, completely change their life through, through the power of running. Um, I wanted to give a warm welcome to Carl Conway. Welcome to the show, Carl. Oh, thanks for having me, Daniel. It's a pleasure to to be on thank you oh man it's an absolute pleasure to to have you on the show and i know we were kind of trying to set this up for a, for a couple of months but i had a few shows to to catch up on but uh, i'm so pleased you can kind of finally make it and uh, have you been keeping well this week what have, what have you been up to um yeah i've been keeping well thanks um i've not been doing much really um sort of just done a couple of runs and and watching the football uh, uh, i was going to ask about that <laughs> yeah i'm more of a rugby man but um i have been enjoying the the, the euros Brilliant. I'm the same. You know, I don't watch like much football. I'm like, I'm like one of those kind of glory supporters that starts watching as things get interesting. Uh, <laughs> otherwise, I just kind of lose interest, I think, generally. But uh, you, you, you tend to watch the rugby then, do you normally? Yeah, I normally watch the rugby. I can sort of, I can watch any rugby match and anyone play. But um, the only football I can really watch is England, to be honest. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm a rugby man and probably say that my team is Harlequins. Okay. All right. Brilliant. Excellent. Well, um, I'll tell you what, it's exciting, isn't it, this week? Because um, obviously when this show goes out, I think England are due to play on the Sunday. So it'll be either on the day or the day after. So um, hopefully, fingers crossed that, uh, that, they, that they get that win. But let's, let's move on a bit, Carl. Um, obviously, I just wanted to kind of summarize for the listeners, with, you know, without giving any of the detail away, because we're, we're going to go into that. Um, just a little bit about the story that you emailed into me. So it has also been like running the Portsmouth news recently. So you had an article about that uh, recently about your whole kind of story. But in 2019, for, for various reasons, which we're going to go into, um, you decided that you needed to kind of like make a major lifestyle change and, and get into shape. Um, and pretty much in two years, you've gone from, from being over 24 stone and, and, and what seems like very uncomfortable in your own weight and your own body to where you are now, where you're running ultra marathons, you've lost nine stone in weights, which I, I find just remarkable. But before we kind of head into your story, um, just hearing that summarized and kind of thinking back to what you've achieved and gone through over the last couple of years. And now obviously you're here on the show and you've had the, 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 the news um, reporting on you. How, how does it feel kind of like reflecting upon it all? To be honest, it still hasn't sunk in really yet. Um... And so sometimes I, I sort of I sort of look back and and I, I can see that I've changed. I can't I can't see. It, it's so difficult to explain. It, it's like um, I look at photographs and I think, wow, I used to be like that. Yeah, yeah. It, it just it, it it's some. I don't think it will ever sink in. To be honest with you, mm. uh, I guess those those memories stay very fresh, fresh, don't they? Yeah. 
You do, yeah. And sometimes you you forget, and you sort of when I need to buy new clothes, I'm still buying them too big because you, yeah, you yeah. forget you forget that you've changed. Yeah, yeah, unbelievable. Well, it's been a, a very short kind of space of time and stuff. And um, Carl, I just maybe I thought like what might be a good idea as well for the listeners. I've just kind of summarised your your story, which we're going to get into, but maybe give a little bit more information about yourself um, as a person. Maybe anything you want to kind of describe about yourself, some passions, hobbies. Um, where you work, that kind of stuff, um, maybe how your friends would describe you. So so over to you just to kind of introduce yourself to the listeners. Oh, yeah, uh, so uh, my name's Carl Conway. I'm originally from uh, Stoke-on-Trent and I moved to Portsmouth because um, uh, I met my wife um, when we were working in Mallorca. Um, I currently work for Babcock International at HMS Sultan as um, head of training support. Okay. And... Um, I think my friends would describe me as sort of, well, they would have described me as the guy that has a few drinks and is, is the sort of life and soul of the party. Um, okay. But, but now I think that has it's changed because my focus has changed from, um, uh, from what it was, um, yeah. obviously, to onto how, uh, being healthy and fit. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, for sure. So some of my, well, most recently, the, be- the best comment I've got it was from my boss, actually. She said that was um, the most determined person she's ever met, which was really nice. Wow. Well, I'll tell you what, that's, um, I'm glad you, glad you told me that because it kind of flows with, with the actual kind of theme of the story. So I think that kind of describes you, describes you very, very well. Um, wh- where do you do most of your running at the moment out of interest? Where, where are you like doing most of your training and stuff? So I'm running mostly around the sort of um, Haven area. Langston Harbour, Billy um, Track, Hailing Billy Track. Okay. I've also been doing a few few runs over the South Downs as well. Ah, yes, I saw some posts about you. Obviously, we've been following each other on Instagram recently, and I noticed that uh, you you're also reading a book called Endure by Alex Hutchinson. Is that right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm about halfway through. Um, and to be honest, I, I do love a book, and I, I uh, like to have a couple of books on the go at the same time. Um, cool. So I'm also reading Slow Burn by Stu Mittelman, and it's about burning fat faster um, by exercising slower. Okay, cool. So you're you're learning a lot at the moment. This is a kind of like obviously this 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 two year story we're going to get into has been a kind of sharp turn, and you're it sounds like you're kind of soaking up all the information that you can through uh, through various means, which is great. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And do you ever go onto YouTube and watch like kind of any running documentaries there and things like that? Do you get inspired by any of the the, the long ultras and stuff uh, that you find on YouTube. Yeah, I sort I, I love watching YouTube videos of, of people that have sort of been on the same journey as me, that have mm. sort of gone from zero to running ultra marathon, and, and I find that really inspiring. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. That's good. That's good. There's so, there's so much good content out there now, and um, you know, I was just out uh, earlier this evening um, chatting to some of the support crew. They're gonna are gonna be with us on our next long race. And they were saying the same thing, you know, guys that are, these guys that are crewing for us um, for my next race are all kind of looking to get into the longer running and stuff. And there's just so much content out there now. And even just running, you know, n- next to people, you know, having conversations about running and stuff like that, you, there's just, you can just soak up information everywhere these days. It's, it's really great. So it's, it's a good time to be alive, I think. <laughs> yeah. So, Carl, um, we briefly touched on the theme of your story already, um, but I want to kind of maybe start um, with a bit of your background with regards to to kind of sports and activity, because you you told me that you used to be a rugby player at school, um, perhaps maybe because like the size and strength was played to your advantage. Um, but can you kind of take us through that that relationship with sport back then as a as, as a kid as we kind of move through your story? 
Yeah, so um, as a kid at school, I was never interested in, in sport as such. Um, never sort of ran. Um, wasn't interested in football. Um, and as a big lad, um, I've always been a big lad. He, he was a teacher at school that sort of said to me, come along to um, rugby mm-hmm. training. So I went along and I, I just started playing. Um, it was just something to do. Um, made some good good friends playing at school. And then it just sort of stayed with me until my adult adulthood. Did you, you you dabbled with some 5K runs and stuff like that when you were younger as well? A little bit of a little bit of running in there as well? Yeah, so they used to try and get us to go to uh, fitness training. So okay. pre-season fitness training. And it was just all, all running. Okay. used to try and make us do five, 5K around the pitch and things like that. But um, obviously not being fit and not being interested in getting fit and just using rugby is more of a social social aspect of, uh, of, of sport um, yeah. it didn't interest me and, and, and a couple of others so we'd sort of just stop and sit on the sidelines as, as, as your big um, forward players do yeah yeah okay out of interest which which school did you attend I, I attended a school um, in Stoke uh, Stoke-on-Trent called Enza High School um, it's not there anymore Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. So I played. I played. I used to play for Enza, and then I played for um, a local team as well in Stoke called Longton, um, which is actually it's got it's got a couple of um, it's had a couple of England internationals go through through that team as well, which is quite good. Okay, pretty pretty cool. So, Carl, um, I think you you tore your ACL when um, when you were in school, and it kind of took you out, or maybe post school when you were playing rugby, and it kind of took you out. Um, of action for quite a while where you started to see yourself uh, get up to about the 22 stone mark so clearly the exercise um, and the rugby you were doing was making a massive difference for you um, is is that kind of how it was did um did you being out of action play a big part in, in kind of the weight gain and stuff uh, yeah so in 2016 I tore my ACL um, playing a match uh, for Portsmouth against Havant actually and okay. um yeah, I tore my ACL. Um, I sort of knew straight away as soon as I, I got hit into in the knee, um, something went pop, and I, I literally could hear it pop. Um, and yeah, um, I sort of I had a brilliant surgeon who did a patella tendon graft to replace the ACL. Sounds serious. And, yeah, yeah. Um, it was pretty painful for a while, um, and I sort of bloomed up to about. 22 stone um, okay and then i uh sort of went to rehab started doing rehab and i, I sort of went I, I lost a little bit of weight went back down to about 20 stone i went back to rugby and then unfortunately i injured the same knee um and actually have micro fractures okay all right yeah um, what what does what does that mean when when you've got to have when you have micro micro fractures it was damaged to the cartilage on the on the bone um, on the bone, so they drill little holes into okay. the bone, tiny holes. Um, so it fractures the bone, and so the bone bleeds, and it creates right. new. Um, the blood sets, I believe, and creates like a a cartilage, a, a, a type of replacement cartilage, but it can it can wear down. And at, at that point, um, I had some open conversations with my my sort of surgeon, who said that. Um, rugby is is over for me um, because of the knee and the, the impact and and sort of my weight and I think at that point that's where I just um, sort of 
forgot everything and just didn't do any exercise. Um, yeah, I just stopped doing everything. Wow. How, how, just how badly did that, obviously, I, I know how badly that affect you, affected you physically, but just how bad was that for, for your own kind of mental health, being somebody that played sports and, and, and was active? It was really bad because I, I, I put some, uh, so much work into sort of getting money stable again and, and going to these rehab sessions at, at um, the hospital. And um, yeah, it sort of, it did knock me. It, it did affect me really bad. And, and I think that's why I just stopped. Um, I, I basically just give up on, on, on doing anything, any sports. Yeah. That's terrible. Yeah. I think, um, you know, a lot of the time I've heard similar things in other stories where kind of maybe the, the medical news, you know, it sometimes comes as a, as a massive blow and it can be, it can be the blow that really kind of like knocks you down for a while. Um, and then I know, you know, people kind of turn it around, like, like we're going to get into your story now, but it must be, yeah, it must be devastating that, I mean, I know what it's like being out temporarily just for a few, just for a few weeks, you know, it's, um, it's, it's not great, but, but to be told that kind of almost makes it feel like, you know, that that's the end. You're never going to do anything physical again. It must be, it must be pretty, pretty hard, hardcore. Where yeah, you... it was hard. Hmm? You know, carry on. I was just saying, it, yeah, it was hard. And it wasn't just the, the sports side I lost because I, I stopped going down to the club as well. I went down to watch a couple of matches, um, but then I, I, because I wanted to get on the pitch and I wanted to play, I had to stop going down because it was just, it was making me worse. So I lost that social side as well. Yeah, that's, yeah, again, yeah. And, and, and an awesome point there is that, yeah, you lose kind of, you know, you lose that kind of team spirit, that, that social aspect of it. Um, and we've, we've seen it a lot with the, you know, the disappearance of parkrun temporarily, just how much that's kind of affected people's kind of social side of, of the sport as well. So, yeah, really good point. Were, were the doctors and medical staff um, like quite supportive with you throughout this? I know you said that you were kind of working with a surgeon and, and things. Was that relationship good? Yeah, the relationship was good. Um, he sort of, uh, he was, he was honest with me and told me my best, probably my best um, course of action would be to cycle and, and quit impact altogether. Um, so I, I did try and do a bit of cycling, but it it wasn't for me. Okay. Okay. That's cool. So two years ago, um, you had a major kind of, I'm, I'm going to call it a trigger, which you described as, as almost like a flick of a switch inside of you, which, which began, I guess the story begins at a, at a friend's wedding. And I'm keen for you to kind of tell, tell this part of the story, because this is really kind of like the, the crossroads in the story. So, so over to you to kind of tell us, tell us what happened there. Yeah. So I was, um, best man at, at my, uh, friend's wedding Sai, and um at this point uh i'm still doing no sports and um i've gone up to over 24 stone wow and um i was part of um obviously part of the the wedding photographs and all that sort of stuff and um when the wedding photographs came in i I literally could not look at the, the the pictures um because i looked so big and i didn't i didn't like the way that i looked it was really difficult for me to to look at that and um also to watch back the best man speech um the speech that i gave it was it was really difficult to to watch wow okay. it was like as soon as i saw them the photos and, and soon as my friend tried to show me the, the the sort of video of me me doing the speech it was a switch in my head and I, I've, I've read a few books where it says oh it's consistency um you change over time but at that point in time it just switched it was like a switch in my head and it, it was flicked and it was like nope I've got, I've got to change. And then that's where it all started for me. 
Wow. So, so was that actually like at a at a at a place or a venue? Did had your mate come over to show you the photos, and then, or did you just see them yourself on a on a on an album somewhere online? And and and, and did your friends know what you were going through at the time? And and did you were you vocal about it? It was it was around his house, so I, I went around. Um, I think we all went, me, my wife and and the kids and that. We went around, and um, it was that point. I just couldn't I couldn't look at it. And no, I, I wasn't vocal. I sort of kept it all inside. No one sort of knew what I was feeling. Um, my wife didn't know and the, and the kids didn't know I was feeling that way. Um, they do now um, because yeah. we've talked about it now. But at yeah. the time, I just kept it all in. Gosh, yeah, it's, re- it's really difficult to do. So this this journey obviously begins at this point. Um, the, flick, the, the, the switch has been flicked. You, you're you're you know, expecting some change and stuff like that. I know you You said you read some books. One of the books you got hold of was uh, written by David Goggins, who many runners will, would have heard of from his uh, kind of very vocal, very hardcore kind of almost military approach to, to running and stuff. And you drew some inspiration from, from one of his books. Is, is that right? That's right, yeah. I, I sort of, um, I, by accident, I got a copy of a book called Living with a Seal. And it was it's written, um, I think it's, I can't remember the guy's name, Jesse something. Okay. And it's actually, he invited David Goggins to go live with him and, and train with him. Um, okay. And that sort of spurred me on to get David Goggins' book, which was Can't Hurt Me. And that's okay. where I drew, drew some, um, some inspiration from it. And that's where I started to um, think about ultramarathons and, and this guy running ultramarathons and sort of his kidneys shutting down and running ultramarathons with broken bones and things like that. And it made me think maybe if I change um i can do the same mm. okay yeah, i know um i don't know too much about david goggins but i know as much as he's kind of struggled with um weight himself in the past um and various other things as well so i guess there's, there was kind of maybe some familiar things and hurdles that you could have read about and, and kind of gained from his experiences as well so that that must have been good what was there um anything in particular any any kind of like things that you remember reading that book that kind of stick out for you or, or was it just a kind of general overall, you know, like, right, this is, this is motivation for me. It, it was one of the points that you made there. He, he dropped a lot of weight. Um, he wanted to be a, a Navy SEAL and he yeah. was, he was too heavy to do that. And he, he just dropped a lot of weight in a very short amount of time. Okay. And, um, and, and that was sort of a, an inspiration, but the, the whole book I, I think is a brilliant book um, for anybody to read um that the whole book's an inspiration yeah excellent i'm going to try and get hold of a copy myself actually because i've you know i've obviously seen lots of david goggins on on youtube never really kind of read his story so it sounds sounds very interesting so so obviously flick switch has been flicked um got some inspiration from a book you've obviously been doing other other bits and pieces of research in yourself i'm curious to understand you know how this kind of process starts for you what actual changes you made kind of day to day Perhaps maybe some examples of of a day for you or even a week for you um, when you were in this bad place to kind of how you were getting into better routines and habits. What what did you start to change? So when I was in a bad place, um, I would be basically doing no exercise at all, um, just sitting on the sofa watching tally uh, or playing the PlayStation uh, with my, my son or, or something like that. And yep. just eating eating rubbish food, like fast food, rubbish um things that are not good for you um mm-hmm. sweets chocolates cakes and all that sort of stuff yeah and when this flip, flip 
the switch was flicked. I knew that I couldn't um, do much impact. So I started to work out in the garage. Um, I had a stationary bike. I okay. bought some weights. So I started to um, do some uh, sort of weight sessions and some uh, cycling like on, on the stationary bike. And I, and I changed my heat, eating habits. Okay. Um, so I started, started eating more, more healthily. Um, and I noticed that uh, bit by bit weight was was sort of falling off me, um, and that's when when I lost a bit of weight. I, I think I lost two stone. I thought maybe I should try, try and, and do a bit of running. Okay. So I decided. So I decided to sort of try that. And to be honest, that because of um, I was still very self conscious about about the way I looked. I would only run in the dark. Oh really? Was, okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I'd wait until it was go dark. It went dark, and then I'd run down. Um, the sort of billy track where there was no lights and things like that. Okay. Um, so that's really, I, that's really an example of, you know, the, the kind of difficulty you're in where you, where you just, you, you're kind of bottling this all kind of all up and you've got this, this embarrassing feel of not being able to go out and maybe looking like other runners, you know, typically you see runners looking and stuff. And that, that's, that's really difficult. Um, you know, kudos for you for getting out there, but uh, it must've been difficult kind of training on your own in the dark. I mean, Wow. Yeah, it, it, it was, um, but uh, I sort of I sort of started to enjoy it. I started to enjoy that time of being in the dark, putting a little bit of music on, and and running, okay. and that became sort of like a, a decompression as well. Like my job is quite stressful as well, okay. um, so it it um, it was a decompression, and it was nice to be alone and in sort of you felt isolated, and you just go. Do you know what I mean? You just go and run and. It, it was really nice yeah. and then as I, as I started losing more weight and that's when I started to run in the day um, past people and things like that okay okay and you never had any any looks anything any comments nothing like that hopefully all the running community are, are kind of all all quite positive and supportive no that's the thing the, the the running community have been brilliant I've never had any looks no one's ever sort of I've never felt judged or anything like that it was all just me being um self-conscious and um when I didn't really need to be because the, the whole running community has been brilliant mm. and sort of on Instagram, I've been getting a lot of, a lot of support and brilliant. It's, um, it's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. For, I mean, for so, its fault, social media has, has some, some real kind of positive uh, benefits as well. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm keen to find out how did you keep yourself like so focused on this? Because, you know, 24 stone, it's such a long journey ahead of you. Like, I mean, you know, so it's it's all good and well, kind of talking about the you know the switch being flicked, um, and all this change happening. But how did you how did you stay with your mind on task? Did you have any difficult moments where you may have almost slipped back into old routines, or was it all just one hundred percent steam steam ahead? This is the way you think. It's it's been one hundred percent full steam ahead. I haven't slipped. I haven't slipped back into sort of old eating habits. I haven't slipped back into um, old thought patterns. I, I, and I attribute that to as well. Uh, the first um, lockdown, I decided to try intermittent fasting as well as working yeah. out and, and running, um, and that's that. I think is was another turning point in my life. Is when I started intermittent intermittent fasting. That's okay. when my running running got better. That's where I lost a lot more weight. I became stronger. I became more focused. Mm. Um, yeah. Okay, brilliant. Yeah, I know other runners and, and friends of mine that do intermittent fasting. Um, 
now you know before races and stuff just to kind of detox the system and things so yeah it seems to be something that works for, for a lot of people i was going to ask you how lockdown affected this process because obviously this has been going on since since lockdown happened um any any particular issues with um you know perhaps maybe races not being there or not being able to to, to socialize any anything that impacted this this process no i i i, I think it, it made it better for me to be honest um uh, being able to just go out on my own and sort of get my my, my runs in um it i think it made me better and I, it gave me that time to get me to a place where I'm confident with myself uh, that now races are back on board and you can sort of um, pay for a race and go run an ultra marathon or, or 5k mm. or 10k. It's got me to that point where I'm now confident. So for lockdown, it was, um, it was good for me. Okay. Brilliant. Yeah. I'm, I'm hearing kind of like, you know, good, good, good stories and bad stories from lockdown. So that, that's great to hear. So through all this time, you're seeing all these drastic changes and, and weights coming off and stuff like that. For whatever reason, you ended up seeing your your doctor and surgeon again, who had previously kind of operated on on your knees. What was his reaction to your progress, and and kind of how did he take um, the news that you were going to present him of uh, you know running these ultra marathons and he flew through these books you were reading and stuff? What was his reaction to seeing you? He was actually god gobsmacked. He 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 did not expect to see. He didn't even think it was me when I walked into his, his oh my um, goodness uh, really office. Yeah. He, he, he didn't think it was me because um, I looked so drastically different. Um, I sort of decided to, to organise an appointment with him because the more I was, I was doing these like just five, 10 Ks and things like that. Yeah. And this, this ultra marathon idea that was in my head started to sort of started to come to the forefront of my head and saying that you can do this. You can, you can actually do this. Um, your knees feeling good. You, you're feeling fine. Um, but I had to go and see him to get it signed off and make sure he was happy. So I organised this appointment, uh, went into his office, as I said, he didn't know it was me. Um, he was gobsmacked. He, he sort of said, I can't believe the change in you. And he um, immediately sent me for, he actually walked me down to the MRI place and asked for an appointment because he wanted to check my knee um, was okay for me to run a marathon. Okay. Yeah. And um, so within a few hours, I had an MRI scan. Um, which I think he, he he sort of pulled a few strings for me to get. I okay. hope I'm not getting him in trouble for. for <laughs> <laughs> don't don't say his name. <laughs> I won't say his name. Yeah, and yeah, um, yeah he, he looked at me and he said it, it's it's perfect and he'd be happy to um, uh, sign me off uh, and I can go and do a marathon. Wow. And, um, uh, which was I was ecstatic. I left I left the, the sort of hospital and I was I was buzzing, and um, my plan was right this weekend. I'm going to go and run a, um, as far as I can. And this was with no plan, no, no plans, no proper marathon training, no ultra marathon training, just a few 5, 10K runs and things like that. And I managed to get, I think it was like 34K around. Wow, dude. And that was, um, it killed me though. Oh, I'm <laughs> sure, me. I'm sure. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, so I, I ended up stopping um, around 34. Um, and I think at that point, I thought I need help. I need a, a coach okay cool cool and, and that's obviously the, the, the next bit of the story we're going to go get get onto because you you obviously found found a coach um i'm not sure if you still have the coach but dave butters was was the, was the coach you found but i mean gosh that news and the reaction from from the surgeon and you know the fact that he's told you your knees are looking okay i mean that must have been such a boost no wonder you went and ran 34 kilometers the next day <laughs> 
that's amazing, Carl. Really, honestly, it must have been uh, must have been so great to hear that. Uh, you you must have been ecstatic, ecstatic as you say. Just just I was, I, I was so happy uh, because I, I, you go in with all sort of things in your head. I was like, you'll tell me no or yeah agree agree with it, and then what will I do then? Um, should I just do it anyway? But um, luckily, he checked it all out, and he was really happy with the progress I've made. And he mm. did say that. Um, he was only signing me off because of all the weight that I've lost. Because if I had, if I was still that heavy, um, the impact of my knee, my knee probably wouldn't have held up as good yeah. as it has. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Incredible. Absolutely brilliant. Um, yeah. So, so tell us a little about the coaching. So how did you come to be coached? Um, how did you choose Dave Butters? And, and tell us a little bit about Dave as well, because you mentioned that he had um, helped uh, Carla Moranaro through her Le Jog uh, record. Yeah. So, um, Quite, quite a strange thing. I, I work in, an in a military environment and um, my opposite number, the, uh, the uh, head of training delivery, he was in the army with Dave. And okay. this wasn't the first time that Dave Butters came up in, in conversation. There was another guy where I work that was actually knows Carla, who was in the army with Carla and um, was following her, I think, when she was doing her um, land end to John O'Groats run. Okay, and uh, I re I remember it coming up then, and, and these guys talking about um, someone called Dave Butters, and um, later on that year, I said to said to uh, my good friend Dave McBride, who, who's the, the head of training and delivery, uh, I said that I, I'm looking for a coach and um, I need some help, and he said I'll speak to Dave. I was like, what the guy that was with Carlo on on that run? He was like, yeah, yeah, I'll speak to Dave. So we wow. spoke to this guy called Dave Butters. And then we started emailing. Um, I told him my journey so far and where I wanted to go. And he, he, he took me on. Um, and he's a, he's a fantastic bloke. Um, he was in the army. He, I believe he tra trained the guy, uh, army guys doing skiing and, and winter sports and all that sort of stuff. Okay. Um, himself, he was a triathlete himself. And um, yeah, he took me on and, and he does it all for free as well. Which wow, brilliant. That's, that's amazing. So it sounds like he's yeah. got a really good kind of breadth of um, of experience there, having trained so many different types of sports, which is fantastic. Yeah. Wow. yeah he's, he's really good. He's really sort of, he knows his stuff. And, and and I do whatever he says, I do it because he does it all for free and it's the least I can do. So if he tells me to do something, I'll go and do it. Brilliant. That's, that's so good. Yeah. Do you know, do you know, Carl, I, I, I don't know if you kind of agree with this and I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to put it out there, but I'm, I'm such a fan now and a little bit kind of not, I wouldn't say spiritual, but a little bit, a little bit spiritual about the way that if you throw yourself in, and emerge yourself in something with, with real passion, like, like it sounds like you were at this point, I honestly kind of feel that the universe kind of provides and kind of guides you in a way, like you say, Dave Butter's name came up a couple of times for you. Um, I kind of almost feel like like the universe kind of provides it kind of directs you and guides you and you you see these signs of things you kind of maybe get steered towards that kind of become part of your story um i don't know if you feel the same way but i'm i'm, I'm always kind of a little bit like that like kind of almost thanking the universe for kind of putting me on this path and and letting me meet the people that i meet yeah i think you're right uh, and i think sort of immersing myself in this in this sort of this community and and all these opportunities have popped up and um and and me focusing on, on like you focus on a target and um i i also believe that the universe provides for you as well yeah, yeah absolutely that's brilliant any favorite or not so favorite training sessions that, that that dave dave has given you over the years any any horrible ones any nice ones um 
I don't like hill repetitions. <laughs> <laughs> Who does? <laughs> yeah. Um, Where do you do all, this? Um, I started using uh, Portsdown Hill. I did a few on there. Um, uh, so they're not big hills or anything like that. I then, in one of the hill sessions, I did get an injury on my um, hamstring. So before I did the ultra marathon, okay, I, got hit, um, I had to uh, stop the hill sessions and the, the speed work and only do sort of slower long distance stuff. So to be honest, since since I injured myself on, on one of them um, hill reps, I haven't uh, he hasn't given me them yet. I've, I've yeah. got back into the in- intervals, and to be honest, I do like intervals. Um, okay, sort of just normal intervals. Um, I do enjoy them, uh, yeah. and sort of the guys at work say um, I'm weird for for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was gonna say like sometimes i enjoy interval sessions when things are going well but uh i would say probably most of the time i'm like no i don't want to do another session <laughs> <laughs> especially when it's windy on the seafront so but listen you were saying about the hills on portstown hill not being um not being big hills I, I, mean, I think some of those roads are pretty awful i mean you've got farlington avenue and and mill lane and um, crooked lane walk and all those hills around there there's some pretty nasty beasts around that area yeah, I haven't done the big ones. I've only done the, the little ones. So from when you go from sort of coming out of Bedhampton and going straight up the hill, I've just used that hill. Okay, towards the bridge. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. When you get onto the top of the hill, there's some there's some beautiful kind of hills around there, which are just yeah. Yeah. I say beautiful, beautifully awful. <laughs> <laughs> so listen, part of your story where where we're kind of almost up up to at the present time now. Um, you've done a number of races from from marathon through to ultra distance. Can can you tell us a little bit about the, the marathon and and the ultra marathon and and what you did, and maybe also a little bit about kind of how you train for the long distance in terms of nutrition and kits and stuff like that? Did you get help from Dave and and just through reading? Yeah. So um, in terms of in terms of the the marathon, I've I've only done the marathon distance and training um, for the ultra marathon. Um, okay. Uh, in terms of nutrition and things, I, I this is this is a, this is another thing because I was intermittent fasting. I struggled to start eating properly again for big runs, big long runs. Yeah, I understand um, that. Yeah. I, I think that was because of my, my mindset. So um, nutrition-wise, I tend to sort of try and not eat too many carbs because um, I'd rather my body be burning um, its fat stores rather than, than sugars. So the sort of nights night before a big long run I, I, I sort of try and eat more fats and, and proteins and then when i'm running I, I try and stay away from gels and things and eat, eat um savory food and that okay. seems to that seems to work for me um i do have a, a some uh, sort of uh sort of electrolyte drinks but i i, yeah. I stay away from sugar uh, sort of sugar ones and um i use active root um, I don't know if you know them guys. I've not heard um, of them. No, they they do a it's sort of natural stuff, and um, they use a lot of ginger to settle your stomach. Oh, okay. And so when you're running long distance, obviously sometimes you get an upset stomach. So um, Active Root use a lot of like ginger or lemon balm and things like that. Okay, and they're pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah, I've I've gone through I've gone through various phases and turns of of nutrition for for my long runs and. At the moment, I'm in one of those phases where I just do not want any sweet sport drinks. I don't want tailwind. I don't want uh, tablets. I don't want anything. I just even squash sometimes is just too much for me. I just want something and I can't quite find that. So I may look into that active root stuff. Thank you. Yeah, no worries. Um, so yeah, so that's the nutrition. So um, training wise, uh, 
they've got me doing some long runs and these these um, intervals and things like that. Um, and then one day he said, how would you fancy doing a, a, um, a marathon? Dis- Actually, no, he said, um, do 40K. And, okay. Uh, um, so I went out and did 40K and I thought, right, it'd be rude not to finish, <laughs> do the, the next couple of K and have a, have a, a marathon on the board before I, I do the ultra marathon. Absolutely, yeah. So um, I did that. And um, yeah, and that prepared me well um, for for the ultra. And to be honest, with, with the intermittent fasting, I, I use that after um, doing long runs as well. So I do eat and then after a big long run. But if I've worked really, really hard, I also intermittent fast after sort of refueling um, because I feel that that sort of um, helps my recovery more. My body recovers really quickly. Okay. Uh, I also do. I, I also use yoga. Uh, I do a lot of yoga now. Um, which I used to think was wasn't for, for sort of big um, burly rugby players, but I actually I really enjoy yoga now, and so I use that for recovery. Brilliant, which is really good. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, so it's, it's always good to kind of look after the body and and treat it to some 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 other, I guess, kind of call it cross training at the moment, the the yoga and Pilates and strength training and stuff. So that's that's great. Oh, brilliant. Well well done on that. And um, the fifty k was good. Enjoyed it. Yeah yeah i loved it um i was looking for a race to do um and uh the sort of the one that i wanted to do was the, the serpent trail um oh, yes. okay uh, but unfortunately that was fully booked at the time and i was like right now I'm, I'm, I'm not waiting on the list i'm gonna have to find something else so i found the um the a run from um horsham to brighton okay um uh, run to the sea brighton it was called and cool. it was the first half of the race is really nice but then as soon as you get on the south downs way and hit them hills yeah it was it was <laughs> and then on the day the heat was incredible as well um, and hills were a killer yeah the heat's um the heat's a major factor with uh, with races and we've not been getting too much time to to train in the heat at the moment for a for races coming up soon so which is a shame but yeah oh brilliant well done absolutely brilliant the serpent trail is one that i want to try and enter uh next year because i've got a load of friends kind of uh, wanting to run it next year so maybe we'll see we'll see you there for the 50 yeah i'll try <laughs> brilliant brilliant so i believe you are now through through obviously your own experiences and and over the past couple of years becoming a coach so 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 what kind of qualifications are you doing for that and, and what's the idea with it so um, I've started to try and do my um, run leader um, training with um, England Athletics. Uh, yep. It's all online now. Um, and I've, one of the stipulations is that um, when you do your filming part of, of the training, you have to have a, a coach with you um, okay. or someone, someone who's already qualified. So at the moment, I'm just trying to find a coach that would be part of that um, with me. Um, we've, I want to do it because we've started a, a running club at work now um, because of all this running. So we, we started a club Brilliant. called the Salt and, Fly, Salt and Fly, as we're called. And um, we're, um, yeah, I, I'm trying to get coached, uh, get my coaching badges so that uh, I can help them, but also I'll help other people as well. So I've got my profile on England um, Athletic, the website, and I've done my safeguarding training and things like that. So I'm just waiting to do the next part now. Excellent, Carl. I think, I think that's great because you... You're obviously, you know, you've you've been really taken back by by the help and, and things you've you've experienced yourself through your own story. So to kind of want to 
want to give back and help other people, I think is a, is a very noble and, and great thing. So that's, that's excellent. Carl, if you don't mind me saying, I, I'd love to read out um, a paragraph that you wrote in, in the write-up that you sent to me before, before the show, which I think kind of like summarizes your, your own achievements. And I didn't want to change it or, or ask you about it in particular. I just wanted to kind of like read it as you wrote it. Are you okay with me doing that? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, no problem. I think I think it just kind of like describes kind of like the, the power of what you've done through running, um, and obviously the effects on mental health. So, so here goes. I hope you do. I hope you do a good job here. Okay. So this this is your your this is in your words. All through this journey, I have suffered with my weight. It caused me depression. I wouldn't want to go out and socialize. I couldn't even look in the mirror. But with running, I have regained my confidence, and it's changed my mental health. I can't explain how good it feels. Now and then I get echoes of how I once felt, but that keeps me going. I also keep buying clothes that are too big. Just brilliant. Yeah. Is it, is it, you know, is it, I think that summarizes it so well and, and just kind of like really, you know, you can feel the power of it through there. Is there anything else you wanted to kind of add on to that? No, I, th- I think that, that says it all, to be honest. Um, it, it's one of them things you like, I can't explain the feeling that I get from it uh, and sort of, um, seeing the change it's just remarkable to me even though it's happened to me i still can't believe it even though do you know what i mean i can't it's not sunk in it doesn't yeah. seem that it is me yeah such a weird weird feeling yeah it's brilliant well you're doing you're doing so well mate and this yeah that your story is just incredible so i guess um how, how much weight have you lost in total again i know we kind of mentioned it earlier um and and kind of where are you in in the journey at the moment you in a like how much more how much further have you got to go so um, I've lost nine stone or just a tiny bit over nine stone now. Okay. And um, I'm, I, I was aiming for um, the big 10 Okay, uh, as losing 10 stone altogether, but I'm happy where I am. Brilliant. Um, and if, if I'm not, if I don't lose any more, I, I don't, I don't care to be honest, because I, I, I'm happy where I am. Yeah. And I sort of, I'm happy with my fitness level. I've got stamina. I've got strength. I've got focus. I can, um i feel good i feel happy so if i don't lose if i don't hit 10 i don't i don't i don't mind that's good that's excellent so you're you're kind of where where you want to be with it all which is fantastic carl where can people find you on social media if they kind of want to follow along with with your journey so i've got an instagram account and that's called killing it with kyle okay you can follow me on there see see some of my posts of what i'm doing and um how i'm progressing cool I saw. I, I like some of your uh, your Instagram posts on there. I was, I was kind of having a scroll through in uh, in pre- preparing for the show and stuff. Um, and I noticed you enjoy using caps as well. <laughs> some running. Yeah. yeah, I've got a lot. I've got about four different North Face um, Horizon caps. I, I sort of really like them. Cool, cool. I, I enjoy mine as well because it kind of like, when my hair gets too long, it just kind of hides the mess. So <laughs> I always run with a backwards cap. <laughs> I. Before lockdown, I always used to have hair, but now I shave it off the, um, because of lockdown and the, the barb has not been open. Yeah. Uh, the sweat seems to go in my eyes, so I always have to wear a cap to stop the sweat going in the eyes. Ah, there you go. Pra- practical use for the cap as well. Brilliant. Excellent. Carl, listen, brilliant. Um, I don't know whether you've heard the show or, or kind of like the format of the show, but at the end, I normally ask what I call some recovery run questions to my guests. Yep. So these are kind of like just very, very, just a couple of or few quick fire questions um, with quick answers. Uh, so here we go. Have you got a favorite post-race drink or meal, especially when you've kind of like done a longer run or a hard run? 
yeah, I, I sort of um, really like pizza. That's my treat after after a run. I like a big pizza. Ah, oh, brilliant, good. Yeah, we do we do homemade pizzas here in this house now. We don't we don't we we sometimes have Domino's as a treat when the kids want it. But my, my wife makes great pizza, so that's that's good. Um, do you listen to music when running? If so, what kind of stuff do you listen to? Yeah, I listen to music and I listen to uh, podcasts on on long runs. Um, but the music I listen to is all different type of stuff. Um, I love a bit of dance or um, uh, a bit of cheesy pop as well. Cool, cool, keep, brilliant. To keep me going. Yeah. Have you got a favourite route that you like to to train on during the week where you run? Yeah, I uh, I'm lucky. I live um, quite close to Langston Harbour. Um, so I love to run anywhere by water, really. Um, okay. Growing up, growing up in the Midlands and Stoke, being nowhere near the sea, I yeah. always take an opportunity to try and get to the get somewhere close to the water. Brilliant, that's nice. Yeah, I, I'm the same. I love I love running on the on the South Sea front here, just next to the water, looking at the Isle of Wight and the sea. It's it's just beautiful. Uh, which which running shoes are you running in currently? So um, I've had a few pair pairs of New Balance. Um, 680 version six okay um uh the sort of um good thing about them is that they're cheap and they really fit me well cool so you found you found this you found your your i was going to call it cinderella slipper it fits perfectly it works well brilliant um is there any bit of of advice you could give to to other people out there who may be in a similar situation to yours or, or perhaps maybe experiencing something similar to you um who want to get started with the running maybe yeah, ju- just go and do it. Flick that switch. Go go out and do it because anything's possible. If I can do it, anyone can do it. Flicking the switch. I like it. That's that's going to be that's going to be the phrase for the show. Flicking the switch. <laughs> Once you make that decision and you get going, it's all uh, it's it's all good. It's all gravity. Brilliant. Um, someone who has been a source of inspiration for you through your journey. Oh, there's there's so many. Um, I, I try and take inspiration from so many, but I think. Um, Probably you, the you, biggest yeah, is, is is um from the David Goggins books and then obviously um Dave Butters as well. Um he's yeah. been he's been really good. Excellent. That's that's cool. And finally, do you want to add anything else um about the running community before we finish? Anything about like the runners and things you've met met during your journey down here in the south? Just that, that they're all so friendly and that they're all so really nice and, and sort of you need a little bit of advice, you need a little bit of help and you just ask and, and these people that will will gladly help you and, and support you and uh, and sort of push you forward brilliant that's that's great carl thanks so much listen i'm, I'm so pleased you got in touch with me and uh, wanted to come on and kind of share your your running story and it's an incredible journey you've been on and i think one that really kind of and i've said it before during this interview that shows the power of running and what can can be achieved with um desire and obviously all the hard work you've put in as well i love that you found a good coach as well who's helped you along in your journey because um, I think these kind of stories are always filled with with good people who, who kind of help everyone through troubled times. So that's great. I look forward to following you um, and see how you get on in all your future races and events. And we must definitely get together at some point, man, for a run. If you're ever down here, yeah, that would be brilliant. Yeah, excellent. If I'm ever if I'm ever that way uh, around hailing or the Billy Line and stuff, I'll I'll definitely get in touch as well. But if you're down here, do the same and um, look forward to to running some miles with you soon, mate. Wishing you all cool. the best. Cheers, mate. Thank you very much.